0: but I am still alive I was a sailor I was born upon the tide With the sea I did abide I sailed a schooner Around the Horn to Mexico I went aloft To the world the mainsail in a blow I slipped and fell into the wet concrete below They buried me in that grey tomb that knows no sound But I'm still around I'll always be around and around and around but i will remain and i'll be back again and again and again and again Between my veins, I saw Pat Duffy backside slide in the rain. I filmed him backfilling China banks in '99, and you hit
1: rewind. You always rewind and rewind and rewind and rewind and rewind and rewind and rewind. Falcon Schmidt, episode 150. This is Schmitty.
2: Oh fuck! It's finally here.
1: Pat Duffy is on the show. Shout out. Oh mama. Get out of your mind!
0: Ah! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got
1: That's right, everybody. It is episode 150. I did it! Ah! Today on the program, we got the fucking Terminator. We got arguably one of the most important video parts of all time we got one half of the band pat man and robin we got marin county zone my norcal brethren and good friend out there in helsinki finland patrick fucking duffy i did it kids pretty stoked on this one
0: Bro, I need that.
1: couple quick ones before we talk to pat First and foremost, it sounds like we got Cranny back. My fucking bro seems like he's okay. I don't want to jump the gun, but he seems like it's, he's out of a coma. He's talking. He understands things. I have two eighth grade diplomas. I got good vibes going. I fucking love you, Cranny. And we all owe you a fucking Charlie horse for putting us through this. But am so hyped that you're back. hundred percent. Ooh. Uh, Also, congratulations to Bryce Wetstein, huh? Pro for stereo? Come a long way, kid. Good to see that. Um, I saw Jason Lee and Pastris and the Regalia down there to surprise her with a board as she released a part on the Thrasher website. Check that out. Um, I definitely want to thank God For giving us, my friend, Kevin Long. Shout out. Jesus Christ. Did you see Spanky's horse's part? One word. Amazing. Love you, Spank. Hey, we got some embroidered pocket tees with this uh, Scorpio logo being made this week. Um, So look for those at your local skate shop in the weeks to come. And as always, if your shop does not carry us, first off, try and encourage them to do so. But if that fails, you can type in TalkinSchmidt.com on your favorite browser, and we got what you need. Thank you so much for joining us. And please, if you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button and help spread the word. Appreciate y'all. Yo, Duffy time. Hey guys,
3: Pat Duffy out here in freezing cold, Helsinki, Finland. And you are listening to Talk Schmidt, so crank it up.
0: Holy cannoli. It's cool, like tonight is the night. <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh, big dog's in. Do we really want to be here? Everything changed.
0: We on? Schmitty? Talking Schmidt. Talking
1: Schmidt, dude. <laughs> dude! You're gonna come out different. <laughs> shit my pants, man.
0: The Rolodex is fucking deep.
1: Holy shit. What right. about the one. The one, the one.
0: Who is this guy thinks he's tough shit? What's up? Come on, Schmitty, what the fuck? Tell the skateboard police to come get me. What is happening? I'm here for Greg Smith. Yeah! boom
3: there we go
1: (laughs) how you doing
3: we made it we made it man it was like uh you know programming a rocket ship to go to the moon how's it
1: how's it going out there it's going good
3: greg how are you
1: well let's start with like the beginning stages were you really born on uh the top of mount tam
3: <laughs> Dude, I straight out of the womb, I just fucking full moon bombed down to the 2 a.m. club. <laughs> straight out of the womb. Yeah, I was born on top of Mount No, I was SF. What is it? UCSF. UCSF men.
1: Damn, SF.
3: Yeah. That's it. So I live I lived my first three months out in the avenues, actually. Oh. I can't remember where they lived, but it was like out in the out in the avenues, Sunset. Not Sunset like the Richmond.
1: Okay. But you grew up in in Marin. Yeah,
3: we yeah, we got the house in Marin in 74 when I was still a little tiny a little tiny raisin.
1: That was Corte Madera?
3: Corte Madera house, yeah. My mom still lives there.
1: Oh shit. Huh. Yeah. So You started skating and stuff, and you had a ramp in your backyard. You had a flat bar. You kind of, as a kid, you kind of had a little fucking already a little TF. Well,
3: when I was 13 or so, we had our first jump ramp. We Uh built the jump ramp. We used to drag that out to the school across the street. And then the flat bar came when I like about the next year around when me and my friends were kind of out. I didn't really start skating until I got into high school and learned how to ollie. Like I had always had a board around, but I used to use it for transportation. And I don't know. I, I didn't really get hooked until I learned how to ollie in 1988 or whatever. We got the flat bar. We were out just exploring if we were at Marine country day school in East Cormadera. And my friends was like, you got to take a look, look at this dude, this thing, this balance beam comes out of the sand and it had legs on it. And we were like, all right, that's our mission tonight. That has to be ours. (laughs) We were like back there at 2 a.m., like lugging the flat bar back to my house, like three miles.
0: I
1: was there. How did you get into skateboarding? Did you, like, what sparked that you did it more in high school? Did you see somebody local? Was there a mag, a video?
3: It was like this. From eighth grade to ninth grade, you switched from middle to high school. Uh huh. And so that's when, like, the middle schools all kind of combined. So, like middle school from different parts of the county come, they mash up into the same high school. And all these kids from Tiburon, um, they all skated. And I became kind of friends with Kirk Nelson, who was skating with those dudes because we both played guitar. Oh. So, we, he, he would come over and jam, but he was a skater and i had a skateboard but i didn't really like you know and i just remember like i want to i need to like hang out with this crew because they're you know they're cool like yeah. i thought that they were like the skaters were like fucking the dudes that i like and so i borrowed a board i remember on halloween and i learned how to on halloween in like 1988 and learned how to ollie up a curb i borrowed this dude's bill danforth this alva board and learned how to Ollie that night. And then it was just like, it was on. That was it. I was completely, it took over my like every waking thought. And that oh. was it. <laughs> Sick. From then on.
1: How soon around then did you meet like, uh, what was the uh, order of meeting the crew like with it? Gabe, Pettit, Ray Simmons, those locals that were skaters.
3: It was fairly quick like the next well when i was about 16 so it's probably like the next year and a half because i had the flat bar when i was 15 14 or 15 and then we started building the ramp right around then so i had the jump ramp the flat bar and it just it drew everybody to my house because there was a little skate park and like people would just like come and the gate was always open. So I'd come home and people would be skating the flat bar. And like, it was just kind of drew everybody in, you know, like Gabe and his crew, Joel Rona, Pettit, Ray, all those dudes. They were a couple of years older, but they were always coming over to skate the ramp and jump ramp and the flat bar. And so they're like the Marine dudes. They were the skaters, you know? Okay. And also a lot of the, a lot of the guys when I was in high school, um, they started surfing they like kind of like tapered off from skating and started surfing and I never did oh, and so those, the, the other crew, the kind of older crew, they were like skating you know, so I kind of gravitated towards that
0: and on down to your local shop Tickety-tack.
1: And now, another
3: first impression with Ray Simmons.
2: My first real memory of Pat was when a bunch of us after school went over to his house. And I don't remember if it was Joel Rona, if it was Joel Doherty, or or Mark Henderson, or I don't remember who met Pat first. But I just remember that someone said, hey, we got to go over to this kid's house he's got this really cool handrail at his house. And I was like, handrail, what? I, I mean, it turns out Pat, I think it was it was a balance beam at his school. He had taken it home. I think he used to skate it at the school all the time, but I remember being out in front of his house or like on the street, it wasn't at the school. We all went over there and we started sessioning this thing and, and this thing was awesome, man. This wasn't like, uh, it wasn't like typical like rails somebody made where they took some 2x4s and like nailed it together and you know tried to nail some plastic coping on it that would eventually break and have a hole in it and you'd have screws sticking out or something. This was like a professional, professionally made welded together like aluminum rail. It was just like a real hand rail. It was square and it was on metal posts with um, like T-shaped metal legs that stuck out and then had rubber or something on it so it wouldn't move like it was super solid and i remember that thing was just awesome to do rail slides on or grinds on it i mean it was just like a real handrail and the cool thing was if you wanted to like work your way up you could put it down like a flight of steps and it wasn't very high it was only like a foot off the ground or something it was pretty low it was meant for just, you know, a balance beam walking across it, but I remember Pat was just, he was awesome. He would just try whatever, board slide, grind, anything on that thing. He was totally going after it. His style was really subtle. Like, like when I skate, I feel like I flail my arms around a lot, and I like my body's going all over the place. And And Pat was just super subtle, like it was like he only used his uh, effort in just the right places and so even at that time i could tell i'm like this kid's going to get really good like he was really focused on trying to hammer out every kind of trick on that rail he just became supernatural at doing rails it was just like a second sense for him you know whether it was a backside smith or a frontside smith or a nose grind or whatever it was going to be like, he just had everything super dialed. I can't remember, I think it was, like, George Lucas' son, I think, had this mini ramp, and there was, like, Han Solo's gun was in the backyard on the ground. And uh, Pat would shred that frickin' mini ramp, too, man. He was just, you know, he couldn't do a ton of tricks yet, but, again, he was so subtle and so smooth, and he was just really, really good. I, I, knew, that, I knew that he was just going to be badass
1: i mean their older crew you're looking up to them as like are they kind of helping you learn what's cool what's not cool don't mall grab don't push mongo all that
3: (laughs) (laughs) pretty much but thrasher had a lot of that a lot to do with that too
1: would you remember like when you got your first mag they just circulated in school you know okay
3: yeah i don't remember when i like bought my first mag or saw the like the first time i saw thrasher but um they would circulate in school like if someone had one it was like everyone fucked. i got it after you i got it after you i got you know what i mean
1: okay yeah passive what was is there something that you remember from the early days that blew your mind away like you saw it and you're like that's not possible or like how the fuck did that happen or something like of that nature
3: you mean like the first time i saw something like gnarly on a skateboard
1: yeah, like I remember, I mean, there's probably some earlier, but I always remember Matt Hensley's part where he did the no comply flip. And at that time, I was like, how the, because we knew how to do no complies, but we're like, how the fuck do you get his board to flip with no front foot on that fucking thing? We're yeah. just like lost.
3: Well, yeah, in that in that sense, the word, then when you bring up Hensley, because he's my all-time favorite skateboarder, and I grew up like idolizing and studying and meticulously just watching what he does. Yeah. Cause I grew up, I had a VHS tape of, it had um, shackle me not and sick boys on it. So that was like my Bible, like uh-huh. fucking, da, da, da. but then when Hocus Pocus came out, it was like the end all, like I quit, I can't skate anymore. They're, they're too good. <laughs> and it, it was Hensley's kickflip melons that fucking did it. They were just like, I was like, that's it. Uh, I got to quit because (laughs) these guys are fucking so far ahead. No way I'll ever get them. Fucking it's done. It's over with skating. It's like, it's fucking gone. That's what I, when Hocus Pocus came out, it was just so mind blowing to me. It was just like nuts.
1: Well, when did the filming begin for you? Like, when did you really start? Like, I'm going to try to piece together some clips.
3: Well, it was my sponsor me tape really like, because me and Sodic City were like, we got to make Sponsor Me tapes, man. We got to get sponsored. And I was like, well, I, I, H Street's my favorite company. And I'm like, yeah, we'll be like Ray and Jeff, you know, like making this video. And I'm like, I'll be Ray. And he's like, <laughs> sick, man. I'll be Jeff. <laughs> I mean, we had the Sponsor Me tape, like the over the cam VHS rec- over the shoulder, like
1: those like big video
3: ones. cam. Yeah. yeah, the big ones. And then I pieced together this sponsor me tape with like two VCRs at, at my friend, Max Goldman's house. And somehow, I don't know how we got music onto it, but that was the first I ever filmed. And then some of that footage didn't end up in the plan B video, but I went and refilmed it with a better camera at, because it was a, like a year and a half later that we started
1: filming. You know what I mean? Yeah, like what was some of the clips that you had already filmed that you had to go refilm?
3: Like the SF, the 10, the 10-stair 10 SF State stuff was all in the Sponsor Me video, the King Trail and the, the longer one, you know, like the 10. Yeah. Like Smith and Lip and stuff. And I, I went back with Jerry Thompson because he had like a really good camera at the time with a fisheye. And that stuff actually made it in there
1: okay so okay. you sent the sponsor me where to h street
3: i had pettit send it to h street Ah, oh. so it had his name on it too uh-huh which kind of got me in the door okay um and then andrekt saw it andrekt has a story about seeing the tape and he goes he says i saw the tape and i marched into a meeting where <laughs> ternaski was and, he, and i And Ternowski was like, damn, I'm in a meeting. Get out of here. (laughs) And he goes, you got to cut the meeting. You got to come see this. (laughs) Some shit like that. I guess Mike was like, you know, like stepped out of the meeting, watched the tape and was like, okay, call. Or some shit like that. I don't know.
1: You know, hit the pay phone. What up? So were you on 8th Street for a little bit and then went to Plan B? I was on 8th Street.
3: uh, I was getting 8th Street boards for like three months. And it was right at the time when... When Mike was going to, I guess he had probably already made the decision to leave, mm-hmm. to do his own thing and getting the team together. But I remember I had made the finals in Georgia, the NSA, whatever it was, 91 or 90 or something, 90, 91. And so I got calls this, like, you know, they had the qualifier or the semis in San Jose, oh, San shit. Jose Warehouse.
1: I was there. I was
3: there. Yeah, yeah, you were probably there. Remember, Guy Mariano showed up, and
1: yeah, I, was that the year Cardiel was there? I think Cards were there. Yeah, because I
3: skated with Cardiel in at the one before in Corvallis. Like that was where I met Cardiel for the first time, actually.
1: Oh, It was in
3: Oregon at that contest, and like Colin McKay and Moses and all these dudes. Yeah, yeah, Chris Sen, I think Sam was there, maybe. But but so I, yeah, I remember this one night where I got calls from Ternowski and I got calls from Tony Mag and Tony Mag, T Mag was saying like, yeah, if you want, we'll fly you out to, you know, the the finals in Atlanta and you can go, you know, and then Mike called later and was like, why don't you come down to San Diego and don't worry about the contest and just film with us. And I didn't know Tony, I didn't know T Mag and I only knew Mike. And so I just was like, I'll go to San Diego and film. It's great. And so that's kind of how that happened from that night and those two phone calls.
1: And then you went to San Diego and went and fi- did you film a bunch of that stuff that was in the video part on that mission then?
3: Some of it, some oh. of the rail stuff, like the, the San Pasqual stuff was filmed then. And there was some other Poway, like ditch curb stuff and maybe Eden Gardens. No, I don't know. Just, yeah, some
1: of the stuff. So that was like the beginning. You're You're going to be on plan B. We're making this new team.
3: I was trying out for plan B. I wouldn't say it was like, I'm going to be on, but uh, oh, I was like, it was kind of like initial come down. I think one other time Mike had come up to SF and we filmed a little bit there too. And then I kind of eventually, you know, was around enough to where I guess, I guess I was, I was on, I don't know
1: were you skating with some of the other dudes like uh, Danny or any of the guys on the team, Carol, or,
3: I mean, that first trip, like straight off the plane, straight to like Carl Hyman, picked me up from the airport and like straight to school queue with Danny way. It was like crazy <laughs> nerve wracking and Sheffy. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, super nerve wracking. And then he's just like, Hey, see you later. You know, like we skated all day. I think I, I think i got a like a 360 over a picnic table and a and i was trying to grind like the flat bar into the bank or whatever that day and then it was like even more nerve-wracking because he's like mike's like all right see you later go with danny stay at his house and i was like you know i mean, i have been watching i had been watching d-way in videos so i was like you know this little 16 year old 17 year old 16 something, I don't know.
1: Uh-huh.
3: Kid just like nervous as fuck, like, all right, go into Danny's monster truck and fucking <laughs> go out to rain the rainbow house and hang with Danny. Holy shit. Yeah. And it was crazy.
1: So basically, that kind of pushed you to like yeah. film as much rad shit as you could because it was almost like a tryout in some regards. Yeah,
3: it was kind of like a tryout, yeah. All
1: right. And then when the, the part came out, was there a premiere?
3: Uh La Paloma in Encinitas. Sorry, I'm trying to plug my phone in so it doesn't die.
1: Uh yeah, you're good.
3: Yeah, La Paloma. La Paloma Theater in Encinitas. There's been many, many premieres there. Yep.
1: Yeah. How how was it received? Like what was that feeling like seeing your that was your first part, you're part of this new team. You're on the big screen. Are you just like, what the fuck is going on? or
3: Yeah. I was, fu- I, I mean, I, 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 I'm like a, i am like I used to be like a shy kid. So it's pretty funny. I don't remember like exactly, but I remember being very nervous. And actually Jason Maxwell has a really funny story because <laughs> he was, apparently he was sitting right next to me and he said, yeah. And I looked over and when your part came on, he said, I went like this, like, <laughs> He literally was like, I saw you sink down in your chair and you were like trying to hide. (laughs) I was Mm -hmm. like, well, did I really? I'm like, I
1: don't remember that. Uh,
3: That's pretty
1: funny. What about like the thought process when that part came out after you'd filmed it, you seen it? Are you like, how would future filming go as far as like, you raised the bar pretty high for your first part and you're like, okay, I got to at least do this next time.
3: Yeah, I know, right? I... I had never really, I don't know, man, as far as like filming a video part, I always, I always had a few, a couple of li- of things that I knew that I wanted to get done, but mainly just whatever the session was, just try to get some shit that, you know, that mm-hmm. you want to do, you know, like show up to the spot and see what you can manage. You know, I, w- I don't know. I never had like, I never was like super methodical about like, trick lists and like okay we don't have the heel flip here and maybe this gap could be good here I I don't know I never I was kind of more of like just let the ball roll and see what happens
1: so did you feel any pressure like oh shit like being aware of like all these dudes what they're filming what's going on and like in your mind I gotta like what I gotta do or were you just skating at that point and being a little too green to it all
3: I was I was pretty green, but also, Mike had a had a really good sense of how to push the team because he always let you know, literally, like daily, of what everyone was doing. Oh, like a- almost daily or every other day, or like you know, like like he always would call and let you know like what Rick did you know, what Sheffy did, what Mike did, you know, like what tricks went down that day, what Danny was doing, like, you know, so you were kind of like aware of, of like, fuck man, like better like stay on it, you know?
1: I I know you've probably told these things a million times, but I got to hear them is the back lip mm-hmm. in the rain. We got to hear how that whole ah. fucking thing happened and then how you felt seeing it. Edited to the doors and everything, like pieced together. It's just like such an iconic thing. Dude, yeah. This is my this is my Paul McCartney fan out moment where I'm like, Remember when you <laughs> didn't let it be? That was so rad.
3: <laughs> uh, it's hilarious. Fucking <laughs> but, but,
1: but dude, that's that's insane. Were you guys going to skate and then it started raining, or like, how did that uh, whole thing happen?
3: It it went like this. So my my. Trenowski was coming up. I I, I don't remember if he was specifically coming to film that because we needed it or if he was already like in Palo Alto because, you know, that's where his family is. I can't remember. But anyways, all of a sudden he shows up at my house in a brand new, like pimped out Acura legend, this white, brand new, like when Acura first came out in like, you know, in the 90s. Uh, and uh, like leather, everything, and it had everything and the spoiler. And I was like, No way, this thing is sick. And so he's like, I'm gonna stay at your house tonight. And you know, like I knew we were gonna go, we were gonna go skate the rail and get the back look. And uh, it, it happened that my high school girlfriend's friends' parents were out of town, and I was like, Hey man, I'm gonna go <laughs> to this party. <laughs> um, is it cool? And he's like, Yeah. And he just throws me the keys to his new car. And he was like, yeah, take the Accurate. Take the Legend. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what? I'm like 17. And I'm like, fuck mm. yeah. I'm like, I'll take it. I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'll be good with it. And so he's hanging out at my mom's house. And I go and I take his car to the, to the party. And obviously, I, I'm not drinking or anything, but not really partying. But I'm just hanging out at the party, you know feeling cool with my fucking car and uh so i come back at like five in the morning and like curl up on the floor he's in my bed my water bed and i curl up on the floor and go to sleep and then whatever like nine so anyway we get up and go to we we're going just me and him because i had already shot a sequence of that trick with tobin i guess Mm. i had i had thought about that for many weeks that i wanted to get that done so we needed to get it for the video and then yeah i mean long story short it just started raining i was like well we're not gonna not try at least you know i was just told him like let me see if i can get a couple board slides and if i could get a couple board slides i could probably just do it when it's wet you know and so I got like three board slides in a row, or three or four, like in the rain when it was wet, and I was like, "Fuck, man! I I think I can just do it." And then that was it.
1: How many goes? I mean, were you battling it with like, "Oh, my board's wet," or what? Did it happen not? Nah, long?
3: it went. It went in like a couple tries. Oh, fuck. yeah, like like three or four tries.
1: And then when you saw it pieced together, like edited with the doors and like just the slow Riders of the Storm or whatever, it's like,
3: well, the first, you know, like I didn't, I don't think I was thinking about it. Like, you know, like aesthetically how the part came together because I'd never had a part. So I like didn't really know. I just remember being nervous. Ah. And then I remember the, the slow-mo stuff. I thought like the, yeah, the slow mo stuff, like the, the way that, just the way that they did it, was like, I don't know, I was just fucking nervous, dude.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so after it comes out, does that change your life? Like, are you going to like demos and and different tours and stuff? And people are just taking you to the gnarliest, like, hey, dude, you're here, you want to do this? And you're like, yeah. Uh.
3: <laughs> yeah, that happened like a lot in the <laughs> in the beginning. It was like, oh, dude, I got this rail for you. And they would, like, drive us out to, like, some fucking crazy fucking 90 stared fucking quadruple kinker. Like, this is, like, yeah, it was pretty funny.
1: Oh, man. And then was there rumors it was, it was true? Fun. There were certain people that maybe were audition, like, they were almost going to get on Plan B and didn't or something?
3: I mean, I heard that Kelch was in the mix. Kelch. Yeah, I heard that way back when. I remember Kelch came up to me and, like before they started Plan B and and we were talking about it and I didn't know, but he knew for some reason that it was going to, there was like two options for the name. It was either, it was either Villain or Plan B because 8th oh. Street was Plan A and and this would be Plan B.
1: Huh, yeah. Okay. Yeah,
3: it was like, yeah. Kelch, Kelch was in the, he was fucking, he was on the inside.
1: Uh, one of the other rumors I heard was that you tried to lip slide the Cardiel rail at union square. Possibly.
3: I didn't really try it, but we, Gabe and I, Gabe and I were talking about, about trying to get on that thing for a little while. And we went, he was talking about grinding it. And when we went and looked at it, we got kicked out. Like, I think we just went to look at it. uh. But uh, I wasn't convinced that the the brass, whatever it's made out of, was gonna grind. Mm-hmm. And it's really, you, I mean, you get booted just by looking at it. If you have a skateboard, you know what I mean? Like they kick you out. But uh, but yeah, I was contemplating because it, it's at an angle and it's really low. So I was, I was definitely contemplating lip sliding it,
1: uh-huh. and
3: it never and it never happened.
1: <laughs> and then, how did a kid from Marin become the first one to skate Hollywood high rail? I know, right? I don't know. <laughs> My favorite caption that Jake ever wrote was uh, Don Pierre. He's got the Ollie over that fucking crazy thing into the parking lot, and it says, norcal photographer with a kid back east in your backyard or some shit like that so.
3: <laughs> that's fucking classic yeah. Belper, man yeah
1: yeah well were you just down there and somebody took you by uh, there or was it on people's radar or
3: it was gabe gabe just said hey let's go down to la and i was i just was like yeah i'll go i didn't know who was going or whatever but Lance Dawes, Gabe, myself, and Kelly Bird. Like, they just showed up to pick me up, and I jumped in the car, and it was Bird, Dawes, and Gabe. And we drove all day, and for some reason, that was the first thing that I think I... I think that was the first place we went to, was Hollywood High. The very... We <laughs> got into LA and just went to the rail, oh. just to look, like to look at it. I was fucking amped to skate, and so yeah, we just started, I just started skating around and I got a couple nose slides on it. Pretty easy. Like just nose sliding it. And then Lance, I remember Lance was like, well, yeah, but it would just be another nose slide, you know? (laughs) And I was like, I was like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so I just started trying to crack into the 180 nose grind because I had those on pretty, pretty on lock at that point in my, mm. in my life. What was I, 19 then? I think or 18 or 19 maybe, probably 18 actually.
1: Okay, what's the most scared you've ever been? You, I've I always remember you doing these gainer sequence at Tampa or something into a pool off a roof of a hotel. You've done some That's- crazy skate moves, maybe fucking bobs. What's, what's, or just yeah. another life <laughs> thing where someone pulled a gun on you. Maybe what's like the sca- most scared you've, you've been.
3: We've definitely, I've definitely had a gun pull on me that's for sure. Fuck. <laughs> but, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. The the scariest like move, like jump or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I've done this 90 footer called redneck and somewhere in like North Carolina <laughs> this 90 foot cliff was gnarly but the the craziest one was probably these high school friends of mine
1: uh-huh.
3: jeff minton jeff minton's a photographer he's the one that shot those like miller light like fucking rock looking photos that's it's been in the mag a couple of times right and dale lived in this house with with melissa Botchko, who's like Stephen Botchko's daughter, that she that he used to live with Drew Barrymore at some point, and then they moved to this house in Hollywood, and he was kind of like like Mel Botchko's kind of like personal assistant. and then he, long story short, is like Jeff Minton just and I went to high school with both these guys, but Jeff Minton just graduated from like the art Center for photography, uh-huh. and so he's like, "I'm fucking getting a keg and I'm going to Dale's. he's got a pool." And I was like, all right, I'm there. So it was just the three of us celebrating like with a keg. And there was like one story. Then she had a, they had a lap pool, this tiny little skinny lap pool. And we're hanging out in the pool and I'm jumping off the roof and stuff. And there's one story and then another, you can jump, jump off. And then there's like this other third story roof, little hangout area. And we were up there like hanging out. And I was like, I wonder if you can make it to the pool. And they were laughing, like, it's impossible. You can't make it to the pool, you know? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, man. It looks maybe, There's like a maybe, like definite maybe. And they were like, dude, you know, you're hammered. Like, don't even, I'm like, I think maybe. And they were like, they were like it's not possible. Just forget about it, you know? And then they left and they went down. And I was like, I just remember thinking like, dude, I think I got this. And it was like definite bad judgment on my part. <laughs> like I, I should have, I shouldn't have been anywhere near like trying anything like this. But I just remember in my head, like I kind of blacked out and I just like, was looking down at my feet and I just said, fuck it. And I just, I like spotted my foot. I had, you had to go, oh, you had to jump up this little tiny, like wall thing, plant your foot on this sharp corner and just fucking up. cross your fingers and hope for the best. But I made it.
1: <laughs> wow. I just
3: remember those guys were down on the lawn. That, that's probably the gnarliest that I can remember because it was like, it was like the do or die situation. You know,
1: Is That's in North Marin somewhere.
3: No, No, that was in Hollywood.
1: Oh, in Hollywood, is it still there?
3: You think? Yeah. Is the is the spot? I'm sure it's still there. Yeah. All right. I don't know yeah. who lives there anymore. It's or like or some work. random house on Orange <laughs> Avenue in Hollywood.
1: <laughs> let's put Ooh. out. Let's put out a challenge. Who's got the Duffy? <laughs> <tree too? laughs> it
3: would be amazing.
1: Uh, what was like one of your favorite or best parts of the whole Type A Tahoe situation? You were living in Tahoe, snowboarding more and stuff like that.
3: I was I wasn't yeah I, I thought I was had this this fucking pipe dream of like all right fucking Cardiel can do it maybe I can be a snowboarder too you know uh, <clears throat> so I tried for a few years and I rode for type A. you know I got boards and I was like up there I, I lived me and Danny had a place up there and then I lived with uh, Shimer Andrew Shimer and uh and Eden
1: in Squaw right
3: uh, not in Squaw, but in Tahoe City.
1: Tahoe oh, City,
3: uh, but I had a pass for Squaw every year, or like this California Gold Pass where you could go anywhere oh, in see. California. And uh, yeah, it was kind of a fantasy. I was, uh, I had a really good time up in Tahoe. I made a lot of good. I was hanging out with, like Slaznick and Aaron Vincent and uh. Palmer and fucking Rocket Reeves, Pettit, Nate Cole. Jim Rippey, like all these fucking gnarly snowboarders, you know, Sean Farmer and fucking Andy Hetzel, Jim Moran, all these dudes. And it was like fucking amazing times because mountain life is so simple. Like, you know, there's not much to think about except fucking powder.
1: Board all day, party all night.
3: Basically, that's fucking the routine, you know.
1: Yeah. Uh, It
3: was definitely good times. Polly Joe, fucking like... There's so many good people up there.
1: You know that dude uh, Damien, Sa- Sa- Saunders? Damien Sanders?
3: Damien Sanders? Damian I I never never met him. <laughs>
1: he was like But the I remember dude. I
3: grew I grew up snowboarding watching that like that was the dude, the backflip
1: cliff at Donner or whatever. It was, yeah, like it was an early <laughs> Yeah.
3: And he used to he used to ride hard boots and do crazy double backflips and shit.
1: Yeah. Fuck.
3: He was like the 80s dude. Mm-hmm. He was the dude the, the snowboarder of the '80s was Damian Sanders for sure,
1: definitely. And then getting into the Think era, what sparked that whole situation? I feel like your first day on Think was the first day I met you, maybe. Yeah, maybe because you flew in and we went to China Banks that day, and I don't know if that was, was I, that-, I, that was pretty soon, if not the day that like. I'm going to come shoot an ad for Think. I'm on the team now. And uh, I remember, oh, yeah. I don't know if I've ever told you this. I feel like I have, and maybe even a million times, but uh, Poncho looks over at me and he's like, Schmidt, Duffy's looking out the corner of his eye going, fuck, I just went from Ternansky to Schmitty. <laughs>
3: i know you you've told me that before and it's hilarious
1: and then i go hey punch he just said he went from daddy way to poncho <laughs> yeah but talk, uh, talk about funny. that whole vibe i know that like you were friends with greg and keith already and and you had a yeah hobo was a homie
3: yeah from riding for venture i knew greg and keith and Jehovah was definitely the homie, and um, well, and Wade. I mean, I grew up mm-hmm. like idolizing Wade, and also being friends with him because Gabe would always take me out to Concord to skate Wade, like you know, uh, in my in my younger days. But uh, when Plan B shut its doors the first time, like you know, I didn't really know what I was gonna do as far as getting boards, and like, uh, I mean, I had you know, but. It wasn't that, it was like not even a day or two. And, and I got a message on, on um, my answering machine because you're old enough to know that we used to have landlines and answering yeah. machines and you'd have to press a button to hear your messages. <laughs> uh, and it was the whole team. It was Greg. It was Keith. Poncho called me. Fucking Jehovah called me. Wade called me. Like. I can't remember who else, like, but like, they all were like, "Hey man, you should fucking, we'd be stoked if you wrote for Think." And I was just like, kind of blown away, Uh-huh. that I didn't even really like. It didn't go through my mind to like not do it because it was like, "Fuck, these dudes are so down." Like, it's like showing the love, like, so crazy. And I'm like, I just remember I called Keith. I'm like, "Fuck yeah, let's do this," you know, like. I'll come up, I'll drive up right now, Yeah.
0: You know?
1: Yep, and then I think we met you at the fucking Army Street Ledge and then we skated that with Butcher and Poncho and Jehovah and, yep. and then we're like, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go skate? And you're like, how about China Banks? And we all looked at each other and we're like, what?
4: <laughs> <It>
1: was <laughs> was McKinney Banks? with us too? Yeah, McKenny too. It was, so, was- not, so, it was so like... N- if anyone would have guessed, that would never have been the spot we thought we would go to. <laughs> You're like, I don't know, I've been thinking about a back tail, and we're like, What? Because China Banks is so fucking hard to skate. If anyone's ever been there, they know that. And yeah. then we went there and I got the tape. The session is insane. It's you, Jerhobo, uh, McKinney, McKenney poncho's there there's um maybe greg's there i can't remember if greg was greg was
3: there for sure because that's that was the reason i made it was greg fucking gave me a pep talk
1: well mckenny likes saying he's the reason He he's like i went up and i fucking threw a back tail up just to like throw it in and then fucking duffy made the next one
3: Really did it? Yeah. McKenny <laughs> was rifling off all sorts of shit. He was like lip sliding it, no problem. Yeah, fucking he, front front tail. Like he, he can skate that thing like a fucking little quarter pipe. It's insane.
1: Yeah, he kills it. He's got the goat rope, like the nose pick pulling, lip slide. It was like, damn. Dude, McKenney is
3: fucking so rad. And now another first
0: impression with Timothy Donald McKenny.
3: My first impression of Pat Duffy was before anyone had even seen him yet. It was Jeff Chandley coming back to Half Moon Bay with a ghost white face telling us about this gnarly killer from up in Marin killing everything in sight. And really the first thing he had said is, dude, he does this double kinked handrail. He grinds it 50-50. You wouldn't even fucking look at it so I know he must have seen the footage with Greg Carroll down south because he was telling me all about the part before it even came out. Uh, shout out, Duffy. You know I love you, dude, uh, for life. No, but just to throw this in, like, I remember Carol, like, I was trying so fucking hard, and I was going so fast, and, like, I was kind of getting it, but it wouldn't work, and then Greg, Greg just goes, yo, 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 bro, 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 just, just wait, just wait, bro, just, just wait okay <laughs> just wait you're going too early you're going too fast just just be patient bro and i was like okay and then like three three more later like it like worked and i was like fucking greg just good advice team manager
1: girl <laughs> mindset just
3: the greg Carroll mindset just be uh. patient and fucking you know just be zen
1: so did that bring, is think what brought you back to living in SF?
3: Well, maybe, no, not really. I mean, I, I've been going up to SF and I've been driving back up there and having fun and like, <clears throat> kind of, I had it in my mind, I was going to get out of LA anyways, you know?
1: Mm. How, how did you end up at Jake's Ramp?
3: When I moved back to, S, back to San Fran, um, I was living out in the Sunset like out out just before the zoo out oh, there yeah, i had right a house eden, right no with with shimer again and rico
1: oh, okay it's
3: buddy rico so me and shimer and rico were out there but um i don't know sometime towards that year we were there for a year eden and i had the idea like we should get a warehouse like somewhere where we can just party and like make noise and like, it doesn't matter. We'll like, you know, we'll make it kind of like this cool loft space somehow. I don't know. We just had that in our head and I, I always played music and stuff and I couldn't play in the sunset, obviously like you can't crank music in the sunset. And we were always getting complaints for noise and fucking whatever. So we were on search for a warehouse and I remember, I remember like, I just heard that like Jake was getting out of that lease or something, or he was, you know, and I think I just called him up and left a message like, Hey man, warehouse, whatever. Are you in or are you out? Like, I'm in like, fuck, I'll, I'll grab it. And I, I remember, uh, I was in New York and I can't remember why I was either visiting my sister or, and this was 1999 and he called and he's like, "Oh, you want you want the fucking ramp, huh?" And I was like, "Well, I don't really want the ramp, but I mean, I want the warehouse." <laughs> he's like, "You're gonna you're gonna fucking take the ramp, and you're gonna <laughs> and uh, it cost me that that ramp cost me some money. So if you want the warehouse, it's gonna cost you two grand just for the ramp." <laughs> and so he made me oh. he made me pay for the ramp, and I was like all right i mean i'll like keep the ramp whatever so yeah we took over the lease from felper come on gx go that way i, I don't think he would have let some fucking kook get in there so i think felper's always been cool with me so uh, we've always been like you know pretty tight i mean he's a dick he was a dick obviously but i could see i could see through it he'd always give me like this little smirk yeah after he was after he you know like it's not because it's it was all like a show with jake and i and like you know everyone who knows anyone who knows him knows the fuck it's the jake show you know yeah he's fucking really good really good dude at heart but i mean he did he couldn't you know but then again like if you're a kook then you know it's not like it's not the jake show he's gonna fucking let you know
1: (laughs) yeah well he calls everybody out for what he sees Exactly. Yeah. At, so when you guys moved in, it was just the ramp, though. Did You, you built all of this stuff around it, right? The rooms and everything? or were those a- Yeah, it
3: was It was just the ramp. And then there was like a few quarter pipes, this little street, like a little bit of street area. But we, you know, in order to pay for it, we needed people to like fucking help us out with rent. And so we decided, okay. And then Fausto even fucking chipped in. He was like, he was like, Yeah, if you're gonna keep the warehouse and maybe cut the ramp down, I'll give you Fausto was like, he's like, I can be involved, I'll get you a um, a fucking bin to put all the garbage in and get, and fucking clean it out, you know? Yeah. And so Fausto like just and he just offered and I was like, dude, fausto that would be amazing, you know, like fucking that would help us out like a ton. And fucking two days later, there's a giant fuck garbage bin in front of the warehouse, and we're like fucking sick. So we just got we, like, gutted the place. Oh, wow. And then, of course, of course, we didn't have money to fucking um, to build. So we that's when we f- th- threw a first party to raise, raise some cash.
1: Yeah, and, th- and th- those parties kind of went off, right? Like, you'd get a lot of people. Were you guys doing, like, one a month just to pay rent each month at some point?
3: No, we weren't doing one a month, but we would do, like, one every three months or four months we only had like really three of our own we had one halloween i think it was a halloween we had no we had a halloween party we had a christmas party and then we had like this the first one we threw was just like just whatever just like see if we can get people there pay a little money and fucking mix and get money to buy materials to build you know yeah so the first one went off i mean we made a couple thousand each time and like we got a bunch I don't know. We got a a bunch of kegs. We got a bunch of, you know, like everything you needed was there. We, you know, we made sure like it was all taken care of. And then we got bands, DJs, fucking dance floor. It was like bands fucking while you're skating, punk rock bands. Yeah. And then after midnight, it's like dance floor all night on the ramp.
1: And this is insane. Like people that don't know this is in the middle of one of the gnarliest neighborhoods in San Francisco is Hunter's point. Like, was there any fucking weirdness down there? Like it, it ain't cool to walk around by yourself at night down there, you know?
3: Nah, like we were there long enough that we kind of made, we kind of made some friends on the street because the kids, there was all these little ghetto kids that used to come. We'd always have the door open and they would come and like borrow our boards and like skate the ramp and like, Sometimes mm. their parents parents would come by and we'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, they're hanging out in here." Like, it's cool. We're just you know, we let them like play on the ramp and they're like, ah, oh, it's cool." You know, so we kind of got a good wrap around the neighborhood cuz we were always kind of chill with the with the uh with the neighbors and like it's a good just, way
1: to do it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah,
3: and then uh and then yeah, and then we we raised enough. We built the whole warehouse out like made it like at first, we—I was just sleeping on this fucking free pull-out bed I found on, or like this free like uh, couch bed that I found on, the, found on the uh, sidewalk, like somewhere. <laughs> and then we finally like got enough from the first party. We made like you know a couple grand, and and we built like a second second bathroom, put a shower in second bathroom upstairs. We fucking walled out. Like three rooms, and then we started building a second floor, like around the ranch. And then we put a kind of put a kitchen in. We got a refrigerator. We went out. You remember? You remember the rail at? Um, remember the four stair at where uh, where ILM is now, the Presidio? Oh yeah, that abandoned oh. hospital.
1: Yeah, that was like the that was like the rail where everyone skated.
3: Yeah, yeah, like the little five stair trick rail there.
1: Yeah, gone that, switch that. lipped it.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Sanch, fakey 5 Yeah. Well, that place you could break in, like, and so I went in there and saw that there was, like, it's abandoned. I saw that there was all these nice stainless steel, like, double, like, sinks that were still there that you could t- so we went back like three in the morning to the hospital and like <laughs> unscrewed unscrewed the sink from the fucking hospital like they like the fourth floor had the best one and like grabbed it and then re- fucking installed it in the warehouse kitchen and shit and then we we went to fucking like went to home depot and noticed that like we were gonna tile it all up and make it nice and we were like what do you do with all the broken tiles here and the guy's like, "Yeah, you could just like grab the broken ones and have them." And <laughs> so we're in, we're in Home Depot, just like smashing tiles at like fucking ten at night. Like, <laughs> it's getting box of like tiles to do mosaic for the kitchen.
1: That's so fucking rad. Yeah, I mean, that's the skater's mentality. Is like even like when we built our ramp, we were just like. Take in Masonite or wood from like, because people used to just leave it out on the street overnight, and you'd just be like, yeah, you'd see it in the day, and you're really like three a.m. We're getting a truck. We're gonna, and all of a sudden you got one layer.
3: <laughs> totally, man. We did a bunch of night runs around. There was there was lots of construction going on around the warehouse. Mm. Fill up you, fill up the truck and just fucking grab two by fours and shit.
1: Yeah. Do you have a favorite Felper memory or something regarding Felper? Like when you think back, like something that's like a, makes you smile or like fucking had a rad connection or. Uh,
3: I don't I don't know, man. At the time we skated the square pool, with like it was just like, because whenever Jake wanted to skate, well, with me, he would always have Luke call me. <laughs> he, he would never call, but Luke would always be like, Jake told me to call you.
1: Yeah, you guys you know, had a like, unique uh, relationship.
3: Yeah, he was always we. I think deep, like he just Luke told me one time when he was visiting me in like he was staying at my place in L.A. trying to shoot, and I I I wasn't coming up with anything, you know, like I was fucking, I couldn't make anything for like three days, and I don't know. Luke was like, "Yeah, well, it's it's cool. Like Jake, Jake just loves you because you're drunk, you know." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I always fucking thought that was super funny, but uh, <laughs> I remember also, I remember it was, was it, thrash, was it the 30th anniversary or it was some thrasher party. It might've been a, a soda party, but I, I remember I was sitting at Pops uh, fucking in the morning because super hungover and I, I had woken up like, you know, down in that area. And uh, I was like grabbing a grabbing a beer or something like at 11 in the morning. And then I, I remember I just fucking just, I, I'll never forget it. I, I see Jake skate by 24th, you know. And I run out and I'm like, Jake. And he fucking turns. He's like pushing the other way and he just turns around and sees who it is and just fucking flips me off. <laughs> <laughs> and then just keeps pushing.
1: <laughs> oh my God, that dude. I mean, was what a fucking was
3: fucking classic, dude?
1: What about the time we showed up at like 7 a.m. and fucking plugged in the guitars and fucking. Oh, that was amazing. Oh my God. It
3: was fucking what you, P Stone, Phelper, and, um, and, uh, Zanuski, yeah? Mm-hmm. And the, the Newski, um, yeah, in Cardiff, I had a brand new baby, like a tiny, tiny little Lemmy was like a couple of months old. Sayla was two. Mm-hmm. And like just fucking knock, 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 7 a.m. And I'm like, what the fuck? I knew you guys were here. I knew you guys were in town, but I didn't I, I wasn't I didn't realize 7 a.m. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I opened the door and fucking I'm like what? And it's P-Stone fucking Schmitty, Felper and Dave Zaniski and I'm just like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and you guys were coming in hot for 7am, that's for sure. Uh,
1: always like p uh, and Jake woke up so early, revved up to go w- always.
3: Like so revved and I'm sure they went to bed super late and fucking yeah. woke up super early so they're just like rah, fucking just do this. <laughs> yeah yeah 7 a.m and and
1: uh but your yeah. wife was like pretty cool about it like i was tripping because it was like like there's neighbors your wife's probably asleep and she just gave out smiling and was like oh oh and yeah she's it, not it, it yeah was, she's, it was, she's
3: she's she's a partier if there's something going on she wants to be involved for sure uh, no matter yeah. what it is it doesn't matter what time what time <laughs> if there's if there's some something cool being being you know being done she wants to be involved but yeah yeah you guys came over and jake's just like in- instantly like fucking plug me in plug me in right now and i remember i was just, i was just trying to jam on the uh, i think i even recorded some of that dude i was trying to jam on the acoustic guitar and like fucking uh, actually. Oh, that's when I gave Phelper the shirt too. Right, I gave him that shirt that I found at the at the fucking shit ditch in um that Rhino and I found at the shit ditch in San Diego.
1: It was the band, right? That uh, the East it Coast was uh, East Coast fucking straight edge fucking punk. Like, if we stay united, we can never be divided. I remember Jake was saying it. that. That's it, and he's Jake's on the
3: shirt. I remember we found that shirt at the shit ditch, that big mountain, like that crazy ditch, uh, the old um, se- yeah. sewage treatment plant. I was like, dude, this shirt is crazy. Like, look, that's that's Phelps on it. And I was like, no way. Yeah. He's like, yeah. He's like, I don't know what this thing's doing here. And I'm like, here, dude. I'll I'll take it home and I'll clean it up. And like next time I see him, I'll, I'll give it to him. And he's like, yeah, do it. And fucking sure enough, seven a.m. fucking. <laughs> Trash was coming in hot. And, and I'm out. so I'm so glad that I remembered too, because that's some that's like the type of thing I would totally forget. But
1: yeah, that was yeah. he,
3: he was stoked time.
1: too. He put, he put it on immediately. <laughs> yeah, and he told Smitty, you wanna trife something? I got this for you. And he told the story right at the camera. It's so sick. Awesome. Yeah, right, right. That was this is this, this is I'm gonna trife this for you because I love you. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead if the kids will have their say 1981 bitches
0: boston common yeah for real this is felper the thumbhead was doing it right then that's me on the
1: shirt if the kids are united they will never be divided because you never knew it jake sometimes you'd film him he go, get that fucking camera out of here and then other yeah. times he'd be like want to instagoon me bro Here's your yeah. moment. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the fucking many moods of the Felper man. That's for uh, sure.
1: Um, have you <clears throat> have you ever or will you ever go back and do the mega? I've skated it.
3: Um, I have been back. I haven't jumped the gap or anything, but uh, because I didn't have any pads, and I kind of was still coming back. But I remember I skated the ledge into the into the bank. Um, and and i've dropped in on it a couple times on the quarter pipe since then and would i would i go and do it again i would totally go and do it again but i don't think unless i was completely sure of myself that i would try the backs the, the air i think i would do the regular you know just bail out and flat
1: uh-huh
3: unless i knew for sure i was gonna because I, I don't want to i didn't wouldn't want to go through that again that was that was like two two years of fucking hell
1: god damn yeah it's in that was, but
3: the gap that the dropping in on the gap and doing that that doesn't uh, not, does, because from snowboarding and everything like it doesn't scare me at all it's like it wasn't really very the
1: speed you have once you land and you're going at like a whatever 25 foot wall or whatever that thing is
3: yeah it's like I just, I'm not a bird skater, so I don't know how to handle that stuff, you know? And I, I should have known better, but I thought I could just do it.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Man. Um, all right. Looking back at the whole history of skateboarding for you, is there one accomplishment that m- at the time meant the most to you? Like was your first cover going pro first photo on the mag, your first trip with like plan B rooming with some r- crazy dudes. Like what was the thing that was like, this is it.
3: I mean, it's, it's, it's gotta be the first, either the first thrasher cover or my first box of, of boards after, you know, first box of free product Yeah. or my June thrasher cover. I was still a senior in high school when that came out. So it was like, pretty heavy duty to be on Thrasher and still be in school. You know what I mean? Because came out in June, which means like whatever, I'm still in school in March, you know?
0: Uh Uh-huh. So that,
3: I mean, that was, that was pretty heavy to like, I just started skating, basically learned to Ollie when I got into high school, when I was on the cover of Thrasher before I got out of high school, which was fucking pretty crazy.
1: Dude, I can't even imagine.
3: I never even thought about that. That's the first time I ever thought about that.
1: <laughs> like being in high school and like your, your friends and stuff, you're like, I'm on the cover of Thrasher. No big deal. <laughs> uh,
3: no, but I never really thought that like I learned out of Ollie in 88 and then like ended up on the cover in 92, like before I left school. Wow. That's weird. Huh.
1: Did you get any heat from the older dudes like Pettit and those dudes? Were there any like, oh, Duffy's on the cover. I never got like any jealous moments or anything from. No,
3: there was was never anything like that. Yeah. Nah,
1: Um,
3: because Pettit Pettit wanted me. to. He was like he wanted it to happen. He want because. And then by that time, type A was kind of in the mix. And Pettit was calling me like, dude, you got to talk to Mike. Get me on type A, man. Fucking da-da-da-da. And I was like, dude, you know it. You know I'm getting, I'm getting you on type A. You're, you're getting on type A for <laughs> sure. And he, I remember he kept hounding me. Dude, come on, man. You got to get. Fuck, talk to Mike. Talk to Mike. Got to get me on. <laughs> Funny.
1: Music wise, we got to talk a little bit about uh, Man and Robin here
3: yeah my god i miss i miss it man oh, <laughs> oh rob i miss you god damn we were musical geniuses dude we fucking dude nobody did johnny cash like us not even johnny cash man
1: <laughs> how how did you get rob to get on stage and and sing and play guitar in front of people because i can't even get him on the podcast you know <laughs> like how did, uh
3: I, I fed him drugs the whole time. <laughs> nah, he was, he yeah. fucking, he loved playing music, you know? He loved, like, when we when we first started jamming, he didn't really jam with anybody, you know? And it was just like, we just kind of clicked and liked the same type, like, liked the same style of music and we just had a fucking blast. And we were kind of like, we when we were in sync, we were really fucking good, you know? Fuck, we just kind of like had so much fun doing it. And then, yeah, we just loved it, man. I fucking miss it so much. I miss Patman and Robin so much. I don't jam with anyone out
1: here. I was a skateboarder. I was born to frontside grind.
3: (laughs) I was a skateboarder. I was born to frontside grind. My video part, you would rewind. Yes. Rob came up with that line and he'll tell you. He will tell tell you. you. That's mine.
1: I, I wrote that. Um, wrote that. What, what about the song that I think Timo rewrote the lyrics or something? Or there was like a 1-8 a, a song, wasn't there? An anti-hero song?
3: There was, dude. And we were supposed to record it. We never got that done. We got a rock. We, we had it. We had it perfect, but we never got it pro-recorded.
1: Oh, really? How uh, well, it was, the lyrics uh, were amazing for that thing.
3: Yeah. It was a <laughs> David Allen Coe song. It was yeah. um uh, what was it called again? I can't even remember right now. Fucking blacking out. <laughs> yeah.
1: Do you have any uh, favorite skate rock bands? Uh,
3: McRad, dude.
1: McRad, Chuck Treese. Chuck Treese, dude. I
3: grew up on that. I, I owned Public Domain. So, like, I- that was another, like, I was such a, I idolized Ray Barbie growing up. I had the Ray Barbie shirt. I fucking had, I wrote a couple of Ray Barbie boards before, before uh um sorry i'm trying to google that that uh david allen co song oh yeah i don't know i was kind of down for like bad religion and, and like pennywise and those bands you know
1: mm-hmm. yeah bryce used a lot of that stuff in the early uh, thrasher videos no effects and fat Records. yeah no stuff
3: yeah no effects olive lawn <laughs> Fucking what, Agent Orange and all that shit. What do you, what do you,
1: what does Pat Duffy think of skateboarding in 2021? We got the Olympics, we got post-Felper, only one mag, Instagram, all this stuff. It's it's changed a lot, um, but we're yeah. trying to keep it skateboarding. Like, what do you, what do you, what are your thoughts on all of this?
3: Well, I mean. I'll go ahead and say like the rest of the people who believe this is the Olympics needs skateboarding a lot more than skateboarding needs the Olympics. That's for sure. You know, like, Mm -hmm. I I mean, I truly believe that, you know, because skateboarding will always survive, you know, uh the Olympics like if their ratings are going they're gonna have to that's what that's why they got snowboarding in the first place, fucking for ratings you know uh-huh. but uh yeah, it sucks because it'll change it's gonna like change the uh like the whole dynamic now you're gonna have skateboarders who come in thinking that like that's their achievement, you know they're gonna strive for yeah. that. And right. they're not gonna they're not really, you know, there will be there will be some kid who really doesn't know what skateboarding is about. Which is like total freedom. Like get out on the road, fucking meet new people, have a blast, get a crew together, fucking go be free and live your life and not give a fuck what anyone care, you know, what anyone thinks.
1: Right. It's kind of like a huge statement to me that is like, for me, Jeff Rowley never entered any contest, but he was skater of the year because he fucking put together insane skate parts and he did the gnarly shit. But if it's just like a competition skater that's like bred to like land on your board every time consistently and... I got the Wheaties box cover like is that Yeah, I, I don't know it's a, it's a whole different thing it's pretty crazy. well I
3: mean you're you're a jock you know you're not really I mean you know it's like fucking the difference between you know like you go out and train you don't go out and skate like they're trainers not skaters I don't know
1: yeah that's what Trujillo was saying too what's uh what's life for you like out in Finland
3: uh it's mellow man there we are not locked down <laughs> i'll go i'll go get into that like we are i haven't once put a mask on like we're not locked down there's nothing shut down i mean this actually last spring they did keep kids out of school for a little while it's uh-huh. so, like for three months and i like i'm not sure if they'll do it again but Huh. But it's mellow, man. I'm countryside. I'm like countryside life here. I just like work on my house and and uh, help Kia with her business. And then I tinker around on my business, Faking Only Productions. Yeah, we just keep it mellow, you know?
1: You put those boards together recently, right? <laughs> or did someone put those for you? No, I,
3: I did all. You mean the the bo- the backsmith boards? Yeah. Yeah, no, I did all those. Sick. I did all those. My daughter did the artwork and then I got them. um, Yeah. And then I got them, um, you know, like I made the screens for them and then I printed them out and yeah, they came out pretty good. They're all gone. They sold out that rules it seems like i got a couple i got a couple others in the works that are good man you'll be stoked i'm not going to say them now but you're going to (laughs) be Okay,
1: fuck. norcal legend (laughs) i love this i gotta talk to you real quick or maybe not so quick but like you and i have both lost some really heavy ones in our lives um what what have you done to fit to like uh, there's certain guys in our life that we'll never forget, and they're gonna hit us when we're least expecting it. Uh, Jake for me has been hitting me yeah. hard every day because I'm like, I just want to hear you say something fucked up about this COVID shit, or tell me about the Olympics so we can laugh about it, and like, where the fuck I are you know going huh? with this brew or all that shit. But like, is there any? Uh-huh. Is there any? I don't know. Do you have like a go-to a meditation or like just exercise or something where you're like avoiding being too overwhelmed with like grief or sadness or, you know,
3: skateboarding, man. I skate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This started really early for me. Though this thing, you know, like I lost my dad when I was, he passed away when I was eight.
1: Oh, so huh.
3: like, I feel like I've known so many people it's almost I'm kind of numb to it at this point you know it's just like fuck man but it's just like it never you know you never really get used to it but it's just like last year when we lost Pettit
1: like, yeah.
3: fucking what and, and also it's always like who you least expect it's like what the fuck man yeah yeah It's crazy, but no, I don't have some go-to fucking, you know, like solution to the pain, but I usually try to forget it and just sweat and and fucking slam. And also, I force myself to live in the moment, especially when after like something like that happens. Mm -hmm. If you don't live in the moment and tell people you love them and tell your friends fucking, you know, People you love that you care about them. Like, you can't stress yourself out about every last little thing. It's like, (laughs) enjoy the moments because you don't know when they're going to work and you're not going to have them anymore.
1: 100 percent isn't that the truth man yeah and like the cliches are cliche for a reason it's like people say these things all the time because they're actually like important like it's like oh that's so cliche. well yeah it's cliche because you should fucking do it it's like tell the people that you love every day that you love them like who cares it's like they need to know that you because once someone's gone it's it's over
3: yeah They're, they're gone it's they're gone
1: yeah yeah it's it's. It, I mean, there's been certain times where i was just like uh oh, dude against what no it's just like fuck like you said i i hate to say it but it i have said that that like i started getting a little jaded to it almost where i'm like i'm just like you know the song comfortably numb is like what i always think of
3: right it's exactly that's crazy totally um, true i know uh...
1: Well getting more to a positive vibe. Who are the dudes that you want to see on Mount Rushmore skateboarding? Who's the top 4 of all time? So, <laughs> this is the There's, hardest question in the world. It's like
3: <laughs> the hardest fucking question, man. Like and also it's like fuck man, my, I, I don't know. I would have to expand Mount Rushmore and like double the size, you know. It's like
1: Yeah. Like then- I don't
3: know. Like like for me personally, it's like Hensley Nadis, Pi stone Gons, Cardiel, Felper, fucking Ray Barbie, fucking, you, you know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah, you almost have to break it up into eras, and just like there's, it's there's a lot of dudes, but maybe where there's like a maybe Mount Rushmore skateboarding becomes like a mogul run, and there's just tons of heads on it. You know, that's right,
3: <laughs> dude, exactly exactly yeah. yeah you fucking you ski you ski the bumps on the way down like you're fucking knocking heads on the way down exactly
1: well what do you want to tell the kids i
3: don't know man you mean just about skateboarding or life or yeah, fucking l- uh,
1: some message or i don't know anything tommy Gro said no kids are going to be reading this <laughs> <laughs> that's because
3: dg is fucking one hilarious dude man <laughs>
1: Um, he's like 45 and over that's my craft (laughs) uh,
3: (laughs) yeah I just say I don't know man before you save the world fucking keep keep your skate park clean okay fucking clean it don't trash your fucking home okay
1: that's right
3: I try to try to tell these kids around here like fucking clean up your shit I'm here cleaning it up like you can't like your life cannot fucking go the right direction unless you can keep your room clean, okay?
1: <laughs> Dude, I was freaking out about that just recently. Okay, so I don't know if you know, but they they made Pier Seven skatable again. They put cement over the wood, and these dudes have been skating Pier Seven again. And these guys are fucking just leaving empty beer bottles everywhere. I'm like. This place hasn't been skated for this long. You guys are stoked it's skatable again and you're just trashing it? Like, duh, it's going to get fucked up again. That is just classic fucking
3: stupidity right there.
1: Yeah. It's,
3: right? You fucking got the spot going again and then you're just going to draw attention to it by fucking trashing it?
1: Yeah. Uh, dude, well, thanks for taking the time. Oh, I did want to ask you because you're into juicing, right?
3: Yeah, well... um our juicer we brought our juicer from the states but i didn't realize that you need like it doesn't work in the power i love juicing i'm not going to like explain about my juicer but yes i am into juicing I do, you, gotta, all- do you, gotta, you
1: got a do you got to you got to go to for me i just got a juicer and like i've been doing ginger uh, cucumber uh green apple and What's the other one? There's oh, beets. That's my go-to.
3: Uh, that one sound. That sounds good, man. That sounds amazing. But, but you know, I I never really did like. I never like tinkered around with recipes or anything. That because, health, and juicing and things like that to me aren't about like finding a taste. It's about fucking. I I I don't care what it tastes like. I'm just gonna fucking pound it and get it in there, like no matter what. So, that's
1: like turmeric
3: yeah turmeric so i just grab whatever is whatever's fucking organic in the fridge or like grab i got the garden over here sick we go the good fu- god the and then all these are apple trees and then we got raspberries and black currants and green currants and all well, i just yeah. grab. i go out and i f- fill half the glass with berries and fucking kale, and as much like good greens as you can in there, carrots, apple, and I just fucking grind it all up every day, banana, and pound one or two a day.
1: Fuck yeah.
3: And I I don't fuck with recipes. Just whatever's around, I grind it up and get it in there. Whatever's good for you.
1: Yeah, I know. That's that's my vibe. Yeah. Okay. I'm on that too. Cause dude, I've been yeah, reading turmeric is the best for inflammation, all this shit. And I've been getting like arthritic pain and fucking. Ugh.
3: Oh, I have, I have um, osteoarthritis in my ankle.
1: Uh,
3: I just had surgery on it like in March.
1: Oh fuck.
3: Yeah. So it, you- it's, it's, it's been getting, it was getting crazy flare ups where I can't even deal. It's like the most painful, it's the most painful thing since since i uh had to have my leg open from that from that surgery from the bob's ramp but uh yeah i had surgery and it's been really good lately but i still have the arthritis like it's still there i have zero cartilage on the outside of my right ankle mm. so i know <laughs> i've been i've been i've been grinding up turmeric for fucking a couple years now
1: dude that's the one right
3: yeah, that one works wonders.
1: Okay. All yeah. right, cool. Did you have a, um early hero that when you met, it was like, this guy's, I'm so glad I met my hero. Like a lot of times they're like, don't meet your heroes because they're assholes or whatever. Was there somebody you met and when you met him, you're like, he just lived up to your thing or even was more so. Like skate heroes or just yeah. any hero? Yeah or, yeah, or fucking any hero uh
3: I, I mean i gotta say that matt hensley was my hero growing up
1: uh-huh well, what was it like when you met him
3: it was nerve-wracking and and it was the it was he's he's the greatest human on the fucking planet man are you kidding
1: sick he's the he's the raddest like you know do you know matt a little bit not a lot but yeah i've i've met him yeah i talked to him uh, i i've i've
3: spent many miles many miles i mean he was plan b team manager he is he's the he's the greatest fucking nicest best funniest dude most talented dude ever and he's like fucking got a heart of gold and i love matt that was my hero growing up man
1: (laughs) is is there any chance that with the digital age we can get you and rob to send each other music through email and put together songs Let's get Patman and Robin 2022, uh, Smitty. I mean, if you've got time to manage that
3: somehow, like <laughs> fucking, you can definitely. If you head that up, I will try. I will do my best to get my part in there.
1: But okay, well, my people will talk to your people, and then they'll talk to Rob's people.
3: Yes, dude. <laughs> let's do it, dude. Let's see if we can work some work that out. That'd be a fucking insane.
1: Okay hey pat i fucking love you it's good seeing you and good hearing your voice and everything thanks for taking this time
3: love you smitty dude i'm psyched i'm psyched thank and you so much that was that was so fun to talk man i'm so stoked thanks so much man i appreciate it bud
1: appreciate you take
0: care Yep. later man late the final
4: where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at talkingschmidt@gmail.com. at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature,